the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Another day, another list. I mean, it feels as though we're living, like, you know, in Oz. That every time you turn around, people are going, this place, this city of Pittsburgh, is so fabulous, and let me tell you why. And, of course, you know, if you lived in Pittsburgh for any number of years... You like it, right? Most of us are just thrilled to be here. Right. And I remember the first time it was, you know, the most livable city. Right. And we thought, oh, Holy we've arrived. Smokes. Now, I'm telling you, there's a different survey that comes out every day. I'm starting to get, like, you know, bored with all the adulation. <laughs> well, let me uh, prop you up. This is uh, from the website Condé Nast, right? It's My, a little, it's frou-frou. Yeah, it is. They uh, have uh, the best cities in the United States, the 2019 Reader's Choice Awards. Okay. And so they have this, uh, they've been doing this for 32 years. A record 600,000 registered voters. That's, a, on, that's a lot. That sure is. That went on the Condé Nast website. They got a lot of feedback. They had to divide their list into two. So they did uh, best small cities and uh, then, of course, the larger cities as well. Okay, so you want me to do, uh, I guess, let me just find out where Pittsburgh. Okay, so so this is a title of, of what? The the best cities to visit? Yes. The best, okay. To travel to. Because the that's, best you know, cities to travel what to. What Condé Nast is all about, right? Okay. Okay, so. Right, it's um, a traveler's website. It was a traveler's magazine before it was a traveler's is website. Is it still right? in operation as a magazine? I would imagine it would uh, be. I don't know. Right. Do you, like, uh, do you like to read stuff like that? I love to read travel magazines. Yeah, me too. Every every Sunday, I read the New York Times travel it's section just, and go. Wonderful. Here's me. Here, here's here's I'll, <laughs> like I'll read the New York Times travel section. They'll go. Here's a great a secluded beach getaway you should know about, and it's somewhere like you know, in Portugal or something. Right. I'll read it and I'm going. I'm going to go there, and then I go. Oh wait, now everybody knows about it. So now it's all ruined. So now I can't go. Right. And, a, the, and then you're disappointed. Right, exactly. As I'm reading the article, knowing that I'm never going to visit the place, right. I'm having anxiety already, yeah. about the about all the other people the secret, who are going to show the up crowds. and be with me next look, to my beach chair. Look, I was excited for a minute, but the crowds are going to be too it's much. horrible. It's really sad. Okay. So here is the uh, the listing. Should I go from uh, 10 I forward? want 10 to 1. Okay. All right, so uh, leading off the list here uh, is San Antonio, Texas. I would love to go there. The Alamo, I, right? I want it, but not, I don't really care much about the Alamo, but oh. I would like to go to the Riverwalk. Oh, yeah, that's what it's known for. Yeah, I, right. I, I would like to do that. Yes. Plus, I hear it's a nice ballpark. The Texas Rangers play there, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, uh, so San Antonio, Texas, number 10. Honolulu, number nine. Well, okay, if you make me go there, Right, how I could will. you, you know, the crossroads of the Pacific. Number eight. Pittsburgh. What? Yep. We beat Honolulu? <laughs> yeah. Get out. Come on, seriously? What does it say about this? Say any- Pittsburgh. Folks still call it the Steel City, but Pittsburgh's recent revitalization has brought loads more than new jobs to this post-industrial city. You could spend a whole weekend brewery hopping. Okay. okay. There are at least 20 within city limits. 
and exploring a dining scene that involves way more than slapping fries on everything. But we recommend that too. Mm -hmm. Start your journey in the Strip District, home to some of the city's best restaurants Mm -hmm. like Gaucho, Periella, Mm -hmm. uh, D'Anio's Eatery. D'Anio's. D'Anio's. And then drop in at the Heinz History Center, which we do monthly. Right. Where you can return to your childhood via the original set from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There we go. That's all they say. Okay. Well, those are, I mean, that is enough to make us number eight. I'm Mm -hmm. happy about it. Okay, so we beat Honolulu and we beat San Antonio. Yes. And all the other states, except for the seven who came ahead of us. Right above us, New York, New York. Well, I mean, it's New York. You'd expect it to be at least in the top five. I want to wake up where. Right? City never sleeps. Number six, San Diego. Yeah, wouldn't you love to go to San Diego and just hang out? San Diego has, well, I think we all know what the climate's like there. It's perfection. Would you get sick of that? No. I think I would. Nope. Yeah. Every day, sunny and 72? Nope. I think I would get tired nope. of it. Nope. Because look, as much as I complain about the onset of winter, Wait, I love it. Do you mean like daily, Mike? Well, don't you love a how day about, like today? I, how about he says as much as I complain about the weather? You, but, you yeah. talk about the weather more than anyone I ever met. Really? Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, it affects my psyche. No kidding. Like, you know, and, get, you know. and by extension, ours. Yeah, thank it's you. It's affecting my Halloween. That's what it's affecting. <laughs> oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that later in today's show. Okay. So number six, San Diego. But I would get tired of San Diego, sunny and 72 all the time. You've never been would. to San Diego, have you? No, I haven't. I promise you, you wouldn't get tired of it. <laughs> number five is Washington, D.C. DC, of course, the nation's capital. Okay. Number four, New Orleans. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I I love to visit New Orleans, but to live there, I would much rather go to Honolulu. I mean, I love New Orleans, yeah. But I would much rather go to Honolulu or San Diego. Yeah, because you got a good uh, case of bed bugs in uh, what? I was fleas. Oh, fleas. I mean, you know, that's good, not. Sl- I was. That's okay. It was only my honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> that's very nice. Boston, Massachusetts, number five. Never been to Boston. Yeah. Like driven through it, but right, never right. actually hung out. Right. Uh, wait, here's a weird, what, something happened here online. This is only happens online. We go from five, uh, uh, oh, sorry, Boston, Massachusetts is three. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, number two is? Number two is, uh, this is weird, Minneapolis. Now, you can think of how happy Minneapolis has to be. Minneapolis, over the last few years, it seems folks have caught on just how great this Midwestern city really is. Uh, I don't know. The Guthrie Theater, fabulous theater. One of the greatest theaters in the country. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, The Walker Art Museum, one of the best park systems in the whole country as well. Ten James Beard Awards semifinalists. Wow. The winner for the best chef in the Midwest in 2019. Wow. Along with Prince's Paisley Park Museum. Yeah, that'd be Okay, that does sound great. That's pretty hip. Okay. Number one city you want to visit? Chicago. Chicago. Mm -hmm. Okay, I loved visiting Chicago. Oh, yeah. I would go back in a hot minute, but mm-hmm. it's also a dangerous city. I would think that that would have infringed on the number one ranking. Doesn't, uh, I guess if you, you know, you're hoi polloi, you just avoid uh, all the danger somehow. I don't know. No wonder Chicago's topping this list again, a world-class destination known for its impressive architecture, first-rate museums, beautiful. brilliant chefs, and massive brewing scene. It'll take several repeat visits to get through your Not list of must Not to must-dos. mention Lake Michigan. Right. I mean, it is beautiful. I love Navy Pier there. Yeah. I had such a good time in Chicago. Wouldn't it be heard, great? Oh, sorry. I heard never to ever check that check check Chicago out in the middle of winter because how windy it is. Oh my oh, gosh! The wind chill factor I, is absolutely. Listen, I was there in the summer, and I had a sweater on. It was what? so really? windy. I was there in June. No kidding. It was, but it was a beautiful. Be- I mm. loved it. Loved nice. it. What a absolutely spectacular really? waterfront they have. We have family in Chicago, and uh, they would come for visits when I was a kid. My aunt Carol, and she drove like she was possessed. Seriously, I remember being a little kid, like holding onto the armrest, like going, "Ah!" But there was something. She goes, "This is how people in Chicago drive." 
And I was like, okay, fine. He said, great, I'm afraid to go there. Yeah. Oh! All right. Well, so congratulations to the city of Pittsburgh. Yep. The number eight best city in America to visit. Ooh, we're number eight. That is awesome. It truly is. All right, coming up on today's show, boy, do we have a treat for you in the five o'clock hour. We'll talk about the hidden Nazi, an untold story of America's deal with the devil. You will not believe this story. It's coming up in the five o'clock hour. Next, habits of purpose for an age of distraction. The common rule. 101.5 WORD. Instead of blaming everyone else for your issues, declare war on yourself. Next time on Focus on the Family, Pastor Levi Lusco wants to help you overcome bad habits and behavioral problems that you need to change with God's help. Discover the path to self-transformation on the next Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com Alaska. Nello is very easy to work with. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. We had become aware of several churches that are using their building during the week as a community center, and we wanted to go that direction. They were able to grasp that, make suggestions that helped us along the way, and they were conscious of our financial constraints and were really good at helping us to see ways that we could do that within our budget, but within the space that we were developing. Got a vision? Begin the journey at Nello Construction. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. The market goes up. And the market goes down. But one thing remains the same. Record low unemployment means there are still more job openings than people to fill them. And that means you have leverage. They're vying for your attention at WordFM's virtual job fair. Visit wordfm.com slash virtual for great local companies ready to offer you an employment upgrade. Isn't it time you got a raise? The virtual job fair, where many are called 
but you are chosen at wordfm.com slash virtual. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do. So now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. There's a special kind of torture that we go through in contemporary American life. What do you mean? Well, the torture is that there's always someone who can find us. There's always a news story we haven't read. There's always a Twitter post that's new that we should see. There's always a Facebook set of photographs that we should like or something, right? There's there's always a thing, not to mention work, not to mention family, not to mention studies, not to mention trying to have, you know, some kind of spiritual life. It just seems like the demands are getting greater and greater and the time that's available is getting smaller and smaller. So... From your perspective, then, it's hard to keep up with the ever uh, it's not, the urgent no, no. flow. It's impossible. Impossible. So I wonder, you know, as you talk, so uh, you said, you know, um, Facebook or Twitter or whatever. When you said that, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I had at least two conversations with someone who said to me, hey, did you hear about, and I was like, no, and then I felt bad that I didn't, right? That I was less than, that I right, was that you less informed. You hadn't kept up. But in the end, all that stuff, you know, like... Uh, I didn't know about the sinkhole Sunday or something like that. Oh, right. And I felt bad. But does all that stuff matter? It feels like it does. But that doesn't mean it does. But it's still this compulsion. And maybe it afflicts people, different people differently, depending on what their line of work is. Right. But regardless of what it is, whether you are a stay-at-home parent or you're a banker or you're someone who works in media, you are at the mercy of your phone and contemporary news culture if you let that happen. Called upon. Pastor Josh Brown is with us here to talk to us about something called the common rule, habits of purpose for an age of distraction. Pastor Brown, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good. Glad to be with you guys again. Thank so, you. Josh, um, you're thinking about a book uh, called The Common Rule written by Justin Early. And um, I know that you've struggled, as I have, trying to come to some sort of, I don't know, trying to corral all of the things media-wise that tend to distract us. Yeah, it is, it is absolutely a problem. And th- that's a book that, it's a, it's a pretty new book, and um, I don't know if you guys have even had him on the show before we haven't. or not. But, um it's the uh, one that we're doing, the staff out here at Belfield have been doing that together recently. We often do different kinds of book studies, and this is one that we've done, but we're taking a slightly different approach on it. Um, rather than just talk about the, the concepts in the book, everything that he's getting at is about little little habits, little practices that you can do to just sort of reorient yourself in the world. And so um, we've been trying to do that uh, as a staff out here because it's not a unique thing to me or to you, or I think... Uh, I, to any small group of people, it's just a, a challenge that is out there of how do I how do I orient myself even just as I go through my day um, in a way that is meaningful and actually productive and not just prone to the tossing and blowing of every wind and wave that comes our way. And have you felt that same compulsion I felt that that pull from what's being posted, what's new, what's being written about, you're at its mercy. 
You are. You are. And you're right. There's there's a sense of, and a lot, a lot of people have written really well about this, and it's a, it's a malaise that I think a lot of people recognize, but there's not always a good sense on, well, what do you do about it? And I think because it feels like a really, really big problem, sometimes there's an assumption that you have to have a really big and drastic response to it. And a book like this and a few other ones that have come out recently, um, I, I think my take is that they're they're promoting something a little different to say that it, it need not be a really big or drastic response. It could just be a commitment to small behaviors and practices that shape you in much larger ways than you realize. I see. Okay, so the common rule, uh, a set of daily practices. Now, w- one of the things I think, probably the thing, Josh, that caught my attention was this rule of intentional prayer, but even beyond that, to pray three times a day, once in the morning, afternoon, and evening. But the centerpiece of that prayer is to be on your knees, on your knees. Tell us about that. I mean, uh, this is something, have you been doing for a while? Have you worked this? Been trying to, yeah. And uh, I'll back up just a moment. And the book, it it deals with something that's called a rule of life, which is not, it's a helpful book, but it's not an idea that he came up with. It's something, that's an idea that has just been in, in Christian practice for centuries, for millennia. And a rule of life is a simple idea that there are particular habits or practices that you do. Some of them might be daily, some of them might be weekly, some of them could even be monthly. But there are things that you do uh, in order to produce a kind of a growth or a change or even just focus yourself in particular ways. So there are a lot of different writings about this, a lot of different examples. This is one particular one. And one of the things that he offers up is uh, is an idea of praying three times a day, kneel, kneeling prayer for three times a day. And I think it's helpful, and, and he writes about why that's helpful. And the idea, I think if you talk to a lot of people and said, well, you should pray a couple times through your day. I don't know that too many people would debate you on that. They'd say, well, I think you're right. I just have a hard time doing it. Uh, but it goes a step further to include a, a, some kind of a physical element to it. And the reason that I think that's helpful is it it kind of ups the, the ante, if you will, on the intentionality of it. You have to really, it's something that you're intending to do. So, um, I, hey, if you're driving in the car and you offer up a really quick, spontaneous 30-second prayer, I think that's great. I mean, that's good. That's, that's not a bad thing. But to take the time to make sure that you have a place where it's quiet and you're actually saying, I'm going to take this next time to pray for just a couple moments. It doesn't have to be half-hour prayer, but just a couple moments. The intentionality behind it, I think, even just changes your experience of it. And then including some kind of even a physical element, like kneeling, for example, um, also does that because you are more engaged in every way, mentally, physically, than you would be if you weren't doing it that way. We're talking to Josh Brown. He's the pastor of Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Oakland District of Pittsburgh. We're talking about The Common Rule, which is a new book by Justin Early, and Josh has been reading it um, with a group of people and, and implementing different practices on a daily basis that are, I don't know, Josh, what would you say? These practices, of which kneeling prayer is one, is just, um, what, it's giving your day structure? It's giving your day focus? What is, what is it doing for you? It's a little bit of those things. It's even just, if you're thinking about doing them, it's even just allowing you to hit pause for a minute on, on what you were discussing, some of that endless rushing of just noise and busyness that is out there. So uh, even just by interrupting that momentarily, you're creating just 
a different kind of place for your heart and mind to be. So some of the other ones are, they're, they're all very simple ideas, and it's a matter more of doing them over time, not just doing them once. So he suggests things like um, taking a, an hour a day where you shut your phone off or making sure that when you wake up in the morning you engage in Scripture in some way before you check your phone. Um, so there are just some little different practices which don't seem, you hear that and you think, well, that doesn't seem that hard, but to do it with some intentionality over time, um, it's not, I don't want to suggest it's hard, but it's, it's not something you're just going to accidentally do. It's, you have to be right. <laughs> intending to do that. And it's one of those, um, any of those things are a habit that it takes a while to cultivate. It does. Sure. I, I'm like most well, I don't know for most, many people out there at least. When I wake up in the morning, you know, temptation is to just reach over, uh, grab the phone, see who texted me or emailed me in the middle of the night or what kind of crises maybe popped up that somebody wants me to respond to or who won the World Series game last night or, you know, whatever it might be. And even just taking a moment to think, you know what, I'm going to go downstairs, I'm going to open up Scripture, I'm going to read for just a, yeah, a couple minutes, maybe read a psalm or something. That's a practice of mine I like to do in the morning. And take a, then take a moment or two and just pray to just kind of start my day that way. And then I can go ahead and see what emails and texts and other stuff might be out there. But start with, start with something different. And, then, and, and you have, by doing that, Josh, has that caused you to feel like you're in charge of your day? as opposed to the news cycle being in charge of your day. You know, you're, and I'm not trying to put you in the place of God. I'm just saying that sure. as an individual, you're making choices so that you're determining how you interact with the news flow of the day rather than you being at its mercy. That's a good way to put it, Kathy. I don't know if I'd actually even thought of it that way, but I, yeah, I think that's an element of it. Um, and I, I think it got to a point where the first, the first few times if you – miss doing it or you skip it or something maybe there's a little bit of a ah, shoot i should have done that but it's remarkable how quickly that changes to if you miss it it's oh i actually missed that um i wish i would have done that not not because i feel guilty or some obligation um i don't even know if anybody else besides me would know but it was a no that's really helpful to just spend a little bit of time in god's word and offer up a prayer and then go about other things and i don't do that I, i noticed it so, Josh, when I hear you and Kath talk, you know, so people uh, will, you know, ironically or sarcastically say, well, you know, uh, at the end of my life, I wish I would have tweeted more or I, I wish I would have been on Facebook more. When the fact of the matter is people, you know, would say if you're following along the common rule, at the end of my life, I, I wish I would have looked into my wife's eyes more. I wish I would have right. had my children sit on my lap and, you know, and tickle them more. Mm-hmm. You know, those sort of things, which, of course, build the life, create the life as opposed to the things that we fritter away our time with. Yeah, and I think the things that you talked about, John, are good. I mean, those are engagement with other people, and that's valuable stuff as well. And I think if you're making commitment to even just to have some intentionality in how you're engaging with the Lord as you start your day, that even gives you, I think, a good framework for being intentional with some of the other things you do. So not just that I'm going to start with some scripture and prayer, but I am going to make a point. One of the other examples he has is to have to try to have one one meal a day with somebody else. So there starts to be that kind of horizontal movement, if you will, not mm-hmm. just what you're doing with the Lord, but um, if you're able to, have a meal with a co-worker in, in you know, a break room and just, you can talk about, it doesn't have to be the deep and profound stuff, you can talk about the World Series game if you want to, but just engage with some other people too. So yeah, I think um, it goes that direction as well. 
Josh, I've read this book as well. And the thing I appreciate most about it, it you know, if listeners are hearing this and they're saying, look, I don't need one other person telling me what I should do <laughs> right, with my right. day. But it's not like that. The author doesn't approach it like that. You won't open up this book and feel like someone's scolding you mm. or someone is going to, you know, guilt you into feeling like you're a lousy person. It's really not that. It's a very encouraging book. Someone who's just, you know, he's, he's a high achiever. He suffered under the weight of being a high achiever and all the things that go along with that, which is a lot of work, a lot of study, little sleep. And he's just come to the point where he's decided he needs to have a healthier life. So it's like one struggler helping another struggler. It is. And I, that's a helpful, that's something I appreciate it. That's how the book starts is, is a little bit of his personal story and journey and how he got to that point. And I agree with you, Kathy. If it's just a, here's another list of things to do, that's not going to be very appealing to a lot of people. And so a helpful thing is you can tailor it. Uh, it can be something that you adapt or um, readapt to some of how your own life circumstances are going. But the idea of, as I mentioned a little bit ago, the idea of having a rule, and, and that expression is not meant to be like a list of laws, but a rule is in a guideline. It's sort of something that provides a direction for your day. A rule of life is something that you find in a lot of Christian traditions over the years, over the centuries, and there are different versions of them, but the, the thread that kind of links them all is there should be things that you do that are intentional that are designed to foster this love for God and love for others that Scripture calls us to have, because those aren't, neither of those are just inherent in the human heart. Those aren't our natural tendencies. And even if they're little, simple practices, they can, they can provide some very beneficial formation over time. Very nice. Hey, Josh, before you leave us, take a second and talk to us about Belfield. Belfield is a church. We're located right in a pretty unique section in, in Oakland, uh, right in the middle of the University of Pittsburgh, right near Carnegie Mellon, a couple other universities just down the road from Chatham. And so we get to do a lot of really exciting work and some neat ministry in those communities. But we have people that come in from all over. So we've got a great mix of families and intergenerational things. And we uh, appreciate the place that we are located and try to be able to um, bring uh, uh, just a greater awareness of who Jesus Christ is and what it means to be his followers into that place. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. It's a really good subject. It's a good reminder for each one of us. We can exert some control over the li- over our lives, even when they feel out of control. Yep. The intentionality of That's it Josh Brown from Belfield Church. The book's called The Common Role, Habits of Purpose for an Age of Distraction. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us 
is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from a an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com slash hire. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. Voted best in Pittsburgh for joint regenerative medicine. To see if ABT is right for you, talk to a doctor 24-7 at 412-851-3811. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. Call 412-851-3811 now. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net to discover godly teachers and great classmates near you. That's pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net. Cloudy and mild tonight with rain at times, the low 58. For tomorrow, periods of rain, some heavy and a thunderstorm. The storms could produce some flash flooding and damaging winds, high 66. While rain and drizzle ending early tomorrow night, very windy and much colder. The winds could gust past 50 miles an hour and be locally damaging. Low tomorrow night, 35. Clouds will break for some sun Friday, windy and chilly, 45 degrees. With your Aki weather forecast, I'm Danielle Niddle. Happy National Candy Corn Day, you guys. There's nothing happy about it. Candy corn essentially sits on a throne of lies because candy corn is neither candy nor corn. It is the absolute worst product ever manufactured in the history of the world. That's all I'm saying. Good night. Candy corn's horrible. It is the worst. No, it's the best. It's the best candy in the world. It's sweet. It tastes great. So is diabetes. Seriously. (laughs) It is the absolute worst. It sits on the throne of lies. Like I said, Mike, Snickers satisfies. Candy corn does not. And you can have fun with it. You can stack them. You can stack a whole bunch. Fun with your candy. It actually looks like a a piece of corn. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever done that? Did your mother tell you not to play with your your candy? Mike, what? Do you have candy corn at your house right now? Yes. Oh. I love worst. that about you. Okay. Do you have it in a bowl? Is it in a bag? How are it you? It is in a massive glass-shaped candy corn. What? Oh, whoa. Yeah. You have a glass candy corn and yeah. you have actual oh. candy. That's meta. It, it is. It's the worst. It is. It's amazing. It's it good. tastes so bad. It, tastes so, it tastes so bad. Okay, I have to tell you <laughs> oh. that I, you know, I try not to eat sugar. Yeah. And so I haven't eaten candy corn in the last year and a half. Now that we're talking about it. You want some? I'm craving it. No, no. Yeah. I'm craving it, Mike. 
You're Seriously. pulling me over to your side. I'm bringing in tomorrow. It is the I despise it so much. What about the How about the orange pumpkins? They're way worse. They're the worst. They're way yeah, worse. Well, it's the same product, just in a different shape. No, no, no. There's a different taste. No, seriously. What about the ones that are dark on top? What the little black thing? Is that chocolate? This. No, it's the same thing. It's all the same thing, just a different color. I wonder if we closed our eyes, if we could taste a difference between the regular candy corn and the one with the dark top. Probably. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm so, I'm telling you, if it was like the end of the world, and I was alone in a room, and I weighed 55 pounds, and someone said, here's some candy corn, you can live if you eat this, I'd be like, pass. No, you'd eat it. Pass. You'd totally eat That is pass. so sad. That is, that is wrong. No, I would, say, okay. I would say pass. All right. So, let me tell you that speaking of candy corn, there's been some late-breaking news that a bunch of municipalities are postponing Halloween because tomorrow's weather is going to be wretched. Is it really? It's going to be like the worst Halloween on record. It's go- There are chances, apparently, there's a chance that we're going to get two inches of rain, Whoa. which could be a record in Allegheny County. And so as I was thinking about this this morning, I thought, my, you know, I'm happy my kids are older because they're not going to be trick-or-treat. But I love Halloween in my neighborhood. Of course. I thought these poor little kids are going to be drowned. Well, don't you worry because my municipality has changed the time of Halloween what? and perhaps yours has too. Listen, I read from the Trib. Wait, so what's wrong with kids? Just get out there and get your no, candy. No, no, no. It's going to be like torrential rain. Come no, on, get the umbrella. Guys. It's going to be up. torrential rain. Scott Harbaugh uh, for the Trib said that the rainfall could exceed 1.2 inches. Mm. I heard over 2 inches. But I'm not a meteorologist, so right. I'd stick with Scott on this. You want to hear the uh, postponement so far? Sure, sure. Okay. No, they're going to scroll to the bottom of the screen like tomorrow. You're going to check they're in. They're going to be in alphabetical order, just like KDK exactly, when you were a right. kid and exactly. you were trying to hear what the snow delays were. Castle Shannon's going to be 6 to 8 Saturday. Uh, Churchill's going to be 4 to 6 Saturday. Coriopolis. Six. Cor- no, this is not for your complaining. I'm not asking for your commentary. Why do you want to do... Coriopolis is going to be 6 to 8 on Saturday. Crescent's going to be 5 to 7 Saturday. Dravosburg, 6 to 7.30. It goes on and on. I'm not going to read them all. But if you go to the Trib website, you're going to find out if your community or mis- municipality has delayed Halloween. Okay. I mean, if you want to delay it, because you do feel bad. Remember when you were a kid and it rained? Because, of course, it did rain when you were a kid. It ruined your costume. You just had to work through it. Your feet were cold. Right. It was terrible. No, no, because it made the candy that you acquired all the better. No, I don't think it did. Especially it. the popcorn balls were all soggy and nasty. Who wants a popcorn ball nasty. anyway? That's like number two on the list of all-time worst candies. At five o'clock, uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite and least favorite Halloween candies. I'm looking forward to that. Oh. I might include candy corn on my list only because of my current craving. As the worst candy and of all should. time. No, it's the best. How about, was there someone in your neighborhood who was particularly like the best? They had full-size candy oh, yeah. bars. I totally yeah. know that family. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Thank you to the Skirtis. The Skirtis. Mrs. Bujakowski. Did you love her? She had homemade candy, chocolate candy, and taffy apples. Mm. Mrs. Skirtis sat out in front of her house dressed up as a witch with, like, you know, a cauldron and handed out cool stuff. That's kind of scary. That was investment. Yeah, yeah. All right. Take a break. Come back. What are we talking about next? Yeah, okay. We're going to talk about men. What? (laughs) Ann Kennedy says they can't be women. Oh, okay. That's a great conversation. Stay tuned for that. Singing in the rain, what a glorious feeling, I'm happy again. 101.5 WORD. Have you heard the phrase, the writing is on the wall, meaning something's coming that can't be stopped? Did you know that this expression has its roots in the book of Daniel? 
Join us at a banquet with the arrogant old King Belshazzar when out of thin air, the hand of God appears and writes on the wall. What happens next? We'll find out this week on Through the Bible. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm. phones, Mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you got to call Big Lou. Got to. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be. Greater. Are you confused? Sooner or later, I'm it certainly seems no, like in yes, our eagerness for men and women to be equal, we now sound much more like the song. We sure do. Okay, how about the, the rise of high school and college sports where men uh, masquerading as women are competing against women and beating them? Right. I, the men who are doing it, I don't think they would say that they're masquerading. I would say that they think that they are transitioning, but in effect, what they're doing is taking away any chance of the, of the, uh, see, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what words to use anymore. The opportunity. Well, no, I'm thinking about what do you call like a woman who's actually born as a woman? A woman. Okay. Women aren't going to be allowed to win at their own sports anymore if men are going to say that they're transitioning as women, play the sports and win. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Ann Kennedy Carlson's with us. Uh, Ann is the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. She blogs every day at PreventingGrace.com. She wrote a piece called Men Can't Be Women. Ann, how dare you? I know. I really crossed the line, and a lot of commenters let me know that. Yeah. So I didn't put them up. <laughs> and a lot of those, in my box. A lot I, of those I, commenters are going to be commenting on the show today as well. Thank you, Ann. You're welcome. <laughs> They're all there. So if someone would have said, hey, your friend Ann Kennedy, is she a feminist? I don't think I would have said, yeah, she is. But today, you, I think you're leaning in that direction. I right I not I have never been really excited about feminism even though you know I have probably lived a life that uh reaped a lot of you know happiness from parts of the feminist movement like I definitely got to go to college and I um you know I get to vote stuff cool stuff like that uh, but I, you know, I never was excited about feminism. Uh, even I studied it in college. Um, but I, um, incidentally, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been a person who could get a job after my college degree with all of my great, uh, learning about women and feminism. But I went, I, you know, I stayed home and raised babies, which made other people very angry. And, um, so no, I'm not. I've not been a feminist, but I must say, or and I didn't ever really believe in the quote war on women. You know that all men were at war with all women. But I've totally changed my mind. If men can be women and can be uh, lauded and given awards and uh, told how wonderful they are, then sign me up. I think we should have women's rights come back as a real thing for the new uh the new the new decade coming up so from your perspective ann you're saying that to you this looks like men trying to have everything so not only are men dominating as far as physical strength or in the workplace or in the church or but now men are also going to be feminine better than women they get to they get to have our biology they get to have our clothes um, they get to, you know, they get to wear everything better. They get to have better. They get to have our hair, um, our Oscar gowns, um, our Botox, I guess. Right. That's something we all get to have. I, I hope personally not to have that. But, um, yeah, they can be they can be women better than we can be. So uh, this is the new age. All the sports, all the clothes, uh, all the. Um, this is what I got in trouble for. All the feminine products um, are now getting to belong to men too. Uh, so I I'm rising up in protest. Well, okay, so and and so then talk to us then. You you talked about the men can't be women. So tell us about this backlash. I mean, to me, and I know um, uh, this is an antiquated thing, an antiquated thought or belief that men do men things, whatever that might be, right? 
women do women things. There is always a, a, a mix of the two together, but God has ordained us very specifically in our roles. And I, I think for a long time, yeah, but, most people didn't have a problem okay, with that. Okay, no, wait. But you're you're the last person who believes that there are men and women roles for the most part. It, you would never say that when it comes to jobs or role, would you? No, I oh. wouldn't. I would not. But at the same time, uh, as a guy, I'm not going to wear a dress. Okay, I'm not but that's gonna... different than men and women having different roles in society. I mean, you're you're more egalitarian than most men I know. Yeah, but but there are certain things that we are just hardwired to do, right? Is that I mean, is that outside of the box now, Anne? I mean, that's so shocking to say. I can't believe that you would even say that. That there. Are some things that only men can do and some things that only women can do, like have their own biology. I mean, how dare you? <laughs> no, I mean, so the great thing about gender it, historically is that, and I think in the in this century, probably partly as a rise of feminism, um, which was in response to sort of very fixed kinds of masculinity, uh, is that, you know, whatever... Whoever you are, if you're in a body that's a man, however you express that, there's a huge range. There's a wide range of how you might experience being a man. Yes. And Mm. it's much deeper. It's much, much deeper and more complicated and more mysterious than what kind of clothes you wear. Uh, But in an effort to understand it, of course, we make it about the clothes and the jobs and I would say now about the feelings. So it's about whether or not you feel like you're a man or feel like you're a woman. Well, your biology is much, much deeper and more inherent to who you are than how you feel about it. If you enjoy climbing trees and, you know, wearing tennis shoes, but you're a girl, that doesn't mean that you're not a girl. Uh, It's really interesting that we've become so you know, confused about that, that you could, you know, that my, I, my dad loves classical music and he's an intellectual, um, but that doesn't make him, you know, not a man. He's very much a man, but he would never watch a football game. Um, when our, when our ideas about gender become so fixed and so I would say, so binary, we lose the actual foundation of, what makes Hmm. people gendered people. Right. And so you can't just say, I mean, a man, I'm sorry, this is out of bounds, and I understand that I'll be getting hate mail later, but a man cannot take a lot of hormones and then mansplain to me about how he's really a woman and he's a special woman just because he started taking female hormones. He still doesn't understand what it means to be a woman. He may think he does, but he never will because he's not a woman. Amen to that. I'm, I'm 100% with you, Anne. I mean, to me, this whole thing is just something that's a charade that a far, far fringe, a tiny fraction of people, um, you know, have gone through their life with this. And, you know, seriously, my heart would break for someone who would identify as transgender. It does. It, it would break for that person um, because clearly something is amiss in the natural flow. And, and if you want to send emails, you go right ahead. But there is an order here to a man's gender, a woman's gender, and the biological 
pronouncement and flow that comes forth from that. And I just think that's where we are in this country right now, where people raise their hand and go, hey, I'm a, I'm a, a woman now, and I'm going to race against other girls, and I'm going to beat them, and I'm going to feel good about this. And everybody in the stands nods their heads, and the ND, uh, NCAA goes, yeah, that's right. Uh, we're going to give you a scholarship because you're a woman now, and other girls are going to suffer because of you jumping ahead of the line because of your biological superiority because in actuality you are a man you are not a woman i mean it's the i think you're looking at the erasing of femaleness in a lot of different spheres because with transgenderism because men are stronger than women so when men take over all women's sports and women's clothes and women's sort of ideas fixed ideas about what gender even means uh, women aren't going to be aren't going to win in that game. It shouldn't be a game, <laughs> but they're not going to win. Um, and the, you know, I know that there, of course, women transitioned to to call themselves men, um, but that I don't. That's just a much weaker place. And a woman who's decided that she's a man is still also going to lose in the game of whatever it is that we're playing. Um, so if you were looking for fairness, which I don't think everybody, anybody should ever look for fairness, but if you were looking for fairness, it's all going away uh, really fast. That is Ann Kennedy. She's the author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry worn out people. I believe at one time or another, she has been both. She blogs every day at preventinggrace.com. And Ann, we thank you again, my friend. Thank you so much. Anything you can wear, I can wear better. In what you wear, I'd look better than you. In my coat. In your vest. In my shoes. In your hat. I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Are you ready to advance? Imagine yourself in the graduate program you've always wanted. The right master's program can help you get where you want to be. Geneva College, located conveniently in Beaver Falls, just 35 miles northwest of Pittsburgh, has on-campus, online, and hybrid graduate programs that could be right for you. Geneva's high-quality Christian programs are designed to help you move ahead, both professionally and personally, preparing you to excel in today's demanding world. But don't just think about it. Attend Geneva's upcoming information session to find out about master's programs like counseling, cybersecurity, higher education, and master's in business administration. The information session is at Geneva's campus Tuesday, November 19th, with registration and refreshments at 5.30 and the program at 6 p.m. It even includes sitting in on a master's level class. That's Tuesday, November 19th. For information and registration, go to geneva.edu slash session. That's geneva.edu slash session. The Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates are successful sports teams because they have a plan and they stick to it. Before their games even start, they know what they want to do and how they're going to do it. The same is true in retirement. Do you have a game plan or are you just going to wing it when that day comes? I'm Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group, where we strictly focus on retirement planning. We help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. Give our team a call now to start building your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't be unprepared. At Accurate Solutions Group, we can help build you a plan to get you to and through retirement successfully. 412-515-3555. 
That's 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself and this morning I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call 412-849-3224 or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Let's get to work with E-Verify, the modernized employment eligibility verification partner that can maximize your potential. They're helping employers throughout the hiring process so they can focus on other business. Get started at eVerify.gov slash go. Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Ready to race for you. These days are all. That was Tuesday night at 8 o'clock when I was a very tiny person. Happy days. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. We're playing the song because it's Henry Winkler's birthday. Hey, the Fonz. Hey. I love. Happy days. I loved Laverne and Shirley more. I will confess. Oh, really? No, no, no. No yeah, comparison. Yeah. No, for no me. I totally. I like Laverne I'm and Shirley way more. I'm happy days all the way. No, no, no. I love them. Um, but Henry Winkler not limited to happy days because he is. I mean, he has gotten to me much funnier the older he's gotten. If you watch Arrested Development, he as the lawyer is side-splittingly hilarious, and as the obstetrician in Parks and Rec, you cannot beat it. <laughs> no, I don't think he's gotten any funnier. You can't I just beat think it. His writing has, you know. A- Found the, his way into the his writing's humor. improved. Yeah, that's all. Okay. I mean, he was the Fonz, and the Fonz was this, which is really this weird thing, isn't it? I mean, right. that would never play in today's never. Media Are landscape. you kidding me? But you know, at the time in the early to mid seventies, he was almost a heartthrob, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, and even as a kid, I didn't get that. Yeah. Well, he was. Here's the thing about Henry Winkler, at least from my perspective, he is no matter what role he plays. Just a very likable guy. Yes. And he just he seems must be like, a likable person. I think he is. He just seems like a really good guy. And whatever that is that he possesses, it automatically comes across on the screen. How old do you think he is? He's pretty old, I bet. Um, I, I'm sure he's over 70. Maybe 75. 74. Oh. Okay. I know he's up there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so happy birthday to Henry happy Winkler. Happy birthday to the So you, you would have picked happy days over LaRona Shirley. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. What about Three's Company? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Because Happy Days was in in some ways sort of a groundbreaking comedy. It harkened back, I mean just like the name says, to, you know, that that 50s thing mm-hmm. and you know in the 70s it wasn't that far removed, but it did feel far removed. Yeah, I mean I get that. I just the the Schlemiel Schlemazel was is just That's fun. I mean, yeah. and they're two such good friends yeah. and they, you and know, Lenny they had and Squiggy. Right, and Boo Boo Kitty mm-hmm. and Carmine Raguso. But, but the Fonz jumped the shark. Yeah, I mean, that's literally that's where mean? jumping the shark came from. Yeah, what do you mean jump the shark? What do you mean he jumped the shark? What's that mean? Yeah, 
Oh, you uh, jumping the shark happened. Happy days, like there was actually yeah. the jumping the shark episode. People, but what does it mean when you? It jump means the that shark? you're done. It you're means done. that that was the moment when your show tanked. Oh, really? That was there was a moment when your show was good, and then you jumped the shark, and then your show was bad. Wait, have we jumped the shark? No, we're not saying we, we have. Okay. Mike, are you saying we have? Is that no, what you're saying, Mike? Not at all. All right, good. No, because I don't want to jump the Maybe. shark on Henry Winkler's birthday. No, I mean, yeah. Hey, the five o'clock hour, we're going to talk about Nazis. L- listen. Nazis. The, the Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil is a brand new book that's out. If you are a World War II, you know, aficionado, or if you're interested in how American foreign policy works, listen, this is an amazing story. You can't miss it. It's coming up at 510. Jumping the shark with Nazis. Coming, coming up also after the break, our favorite and least favorite Halloween candies. WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Fierce Santa Ana winds continue to spread throughout Southern California, threatening new fires. National Weather Service meteorologist Lisa Phillips says that Southern California is like a tinderbox of dry fuel and hot, gusty winds. If a fire is started in these conditions, it means that that fire could spread very quickly due to the strong winds and um, start very easily due to the very dry vegetation and very low humidity. Flames threaten homes near the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. California Governor Gavin Newsom says the big challenge is in Simi Valley today. The winds are intense, so right now that's a ground game. Uh, we're focusing all our resources, including mutual aid. Uh, we are benefiting from 75 engines that have come down from Oregon, 35 from Washington. The library is reported to be safe from the flames. On Wall Street, that up by 115 points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. This is a special alert for Americans who owe more than $10,000 in back taxes. Get ready for a toll-free hotline number. Call and get free information on how to take advantage of new initiatives that could significantly reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. Call Stop IRS Debt today at 800-352-0434. Learn how you can stop collection calls, IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments all by using a proven A-plus BBB-rated tax system that negotiates with the IRS for you. If you haven't 
haven't filed returns in years or you're already in a payment plan, you can still get tax relief. The government is ready to work out a generous program that can resolve your tax debt quickly. Be warned, this situation won't last forever and your tax debt will only get worse if you don't act now. Do not try to handle it yourself. Call Stop IRS Debt now for free information. 800-352-0434. That's 800-352-0434. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. Voted best in Pittsburgh for joint regenerative medicine. To see if ABT is right for you, talk to a doctor 24-7 at 412-851-3811. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. Call 412-851-3811 now. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Cloudy and mild tonight with rain at times, the low 58. For tomorrow, periods of rain, some heavy and a thunderstorm. Those storms could produce some flash flooding and damaging winds, high 66. While rain and drizzle ending early tomorrow night, very windy and much colder. The winds could gust past 50 miles an hour and be locally damaging. Low tomorrow night, 35. Clouds will break for some sun Friday, windy and chilly, 45 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. This weather is going to be terrible tomorrow. That's okay. Ter- we'll no, make it up, right? It's Halloween. Yeah. You know, hey, can we just decide, our listening audience and the three of us, hmm. that Halloween is going to be the last Saturday of October? Can we just say that so that Halloween can always be on Saturday night? That makes sense, doesn't I just it? Don't, it would just be better. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier. Anyway, due to weather that we are expecting in Allegheny County tomorrow, a lot of communities have moved Halloween from tomorrow. Okay. It's not going to be tomorrow. I remember um, my niece was a little kid, and I think it was like 92 or 93, there was snow. We were throwing yeah, snowballs while we were out yeah. trick-or-treating. Several times when my kids were little, it was also snowing. That's no. horrible. But tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, with the wind and, rain. and the rain, it's going to be bad. So listen, I have a couple communities that have changed their, uh, that have postponed Halloween until okay. Saturday. Scrolling I'll just list you. Uh, Forest Hills is one of them. Crescent, Dravosburg, McCandless, Pine, Munhall, Wilkinsburg. There are a whole bunch of them. So have they all been changed to Saturday? They've all been changed to, uh, Dravosburg's Friday. Uh, Pine is Friday. The other ones are Saturday. Okay. Anyway, but it's a developing list. So make sure you look online and yeah. find out when your Halloween's developing. going to be. Because I'm guessing it's not going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's good news. That's fine. But, hey, I want you all to know, Yeah. tomorrow, however, still is Halloween, and I'm wearing my costume. Oh, you are. You've got to get your costume. Again, I again, costume. I have no costume. Mike, you have your costume? Yes. I'm yes. Ready. Do you? You got a costume? Mike and I will excel again. All right. Okay. Can't wait for I, it. I just... 
I can't do it. So last week, last year, I was a bumblebee. And what were you last year, Mike? I was uh, Super Mario. Right. You were Super Mario. John was nothing. Right. Um, The year before that, I was some kind of cat. I may have been a leopard. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were... Nothing. Katarina Luther, First Lady of the Reformation. Oh, what, what I was was I was a guy with a hoodie who had a book in front of his face. Which was super creepy. Yeah. Um, and you didn't dress did, – what, did you dress up that year? I don't think so. I don't think you did. No. Okay. I think you were just starting the job and you oh, were right. trying yeah. to be professional until you realized that that was useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow, I'm not telling you what I'm going to be, but I will say this. Mm. It is awesome. Is it really? I can't wait. See, it always kind of freaks me out when you get dressed up for Halloween. Mm. It does. Why? When, well, you walk into you know the workplace, and I you know and I, and I don't know how to like approach you. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you're, Kath. you're for hi, sure not going to know how to approach me tomorrow. Hey, Kath, it's good to see you. <laughs> I, I get like a little leery. I, I do. I have to admit. Today's National Candy Corn Day. Oh, the worst. And we've already discussed mm. how I'm craving it. Ugh. Mike loves it. John. The worst, please. It sits on a throne of lies. It is neither candy nor corn. The worst candy ever. The best. Uh, which brings me to the question: If you were the trick or treater, mm-hmm. what would you be happy to get in your pillowcase, and what would you want to trade with someone else, or just give away, or if it's that bad, toss it? Okay. Here's the problem, though. By delaying Halloween for a few days, yeah, it is a diminished resource because. All the people who love their own home ca- Halloween candy. Like, I'm going to go home tonight. No, you're not. I'm Don't open it. the bag. I am. No, no, you're not. You're, Don't, no, it's no, already you're not. been open. No, no, no. For kids, John. I've gone through it like, you for know. crying out loud. I've gone through some John. Butterfingers. No. I've, oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. No. Can't wait for two days. Nope. No, no, no. Sorry. That's pathetic. That's sad. I don't care. It's, I'm going to have Okay, I want to tell you right off the bat my least favorite Halloween candies. Okay. Okay? Let's hear it. I hate dots on paper. Dots on paper? Oh, yeah. Those are pretty bad. That is stupid. Yeah. That is such a, a no try candy. No, how about but and do you have you ever had the um the the uh, necklace candy? Oh yeah. That's the one that was poisoned by like whoever made them in China. Oh, do you I, remember that? What? Like yeah, maybe yeah, ten yeah, years yeah. ago there were poison candy necklaces. Yeah. But growing up, I love those things. Did you really? Oh, my God. Did yeah. you like those Michael? I love those. You know you can use that as thing as like like as a catapult. Oh yeah. You'd stretch it out and you'd, you'd bite half of it and it flies out. That. Right, oh, yeah. yeah there's an the girls just want to be pretty and you want to make a catapult. No, no, don't Thank say that. All right, how about wax lips? Oh. Love wax lips. No. Ew. Love them. Absolutely not. This is not, the, it, not to eat, just as the shock value. No, no. They're disgusting. No, no, no. They're fun. No. Who doesn't like to walk around with some wax lips? No. It looks not cool. To eat. It doesn't. It's You're not going to eat them. That is gross. People eat those. Well, that's sad. Just use them as an ornament. Here's another one I hate. The Mary Jane. Oh, I love a Mary oh, Jane. Oh, my gosh. I love a Mary okay, Jane. Okay, so those Brad. are those little rectangular, you know those, Mike, those little rectangular things? Uh-uh. You don't know those? Yellow and red and black yeah, they wrapper. Always, they always right? make me think of Tim Hawkins because he similarly hates mm, them. You know what he says mm, they taste like? Mm. Peanut butter and hair. <laughs> <laughs> I like a Mary Jane. Oh, Because you only are, get them at Halloween. I despise them. No, they good. are grotesque. Um, I also dislike popcorn balls very much. Yeah, yeah. Unless the only way popcorn popcorn balls are good is if you make them yourself. Okay, homemade ones I'm okay with, yeah. but I've never had a homemade one. What? No. Oh no. My wife's mom every Halloween she would send us like three dozen homemade popcorn balls. And if they're balls. if they're homemade and they're good, oh, they're fabulous. Are you saying we have to break, Mike? No. Okay. Good. I got oh, a question. Tell me. Yes. What are what is that? Uh, what is a candy? It's purple and I think it's white or purple and black, and they look like they're in the shape of pills. Razzles. That yes, what? razzles their candy and gum. They're disgusting. Oh, I no. like a razzle. No, no, God. they're horrible. Didn't you see Thirteen Going on Thirty? Did you see that yeah. with my friend Jennifer Garner yeah. and uh, Mark Ruffalo? 
Vassal's played a significant role in that okay, movie. So, since yes, you're then. jumping, my worst uh, Halloween candy is Sour Patch Kids. Oh my gosh, he loves this. Oh, they're the my favorite. Mike, don't you love they're those? They're my favorite. I love Sour, those. Don't they hurt your glands? They no. hurt my glands. Yeah. So like, so now our kids are grown. They're not going Halloweening. So I can no longer raid their bags, which was always like you know the you father's should raiding anything. You can still raid. No, you can't. Who, Mike. Like some stranger? You can raid. Well, you're well, raiding your own bag that you bought like, for other yeah, kids. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> Number one, frozen peppermint patties. The Delicious. Best. I love those. I I'm, I'm with you 100%. How about my favorite? My next favorite in nostalgia is the little bottles of wax. Oh, With the with with liquid no, in there. What is They're in hideous. there? It's fabulous. Oh, you know what's in care. there is, is like concentrated Kool-Aid. That's it's like chewing stuff. on a crayon. Oh, it's dis- disgusting. I love those oh, little bottles. Oh, that makes me... I feel like sick. Them. No, you don't sip them. Oh, yeah. No, that's like poison it's in excellent. there. It is. Really, it's good. It's I was looking forward to that. Excellent. Nasty. Just saying. Gosh. Okay, we're taking a break. They're poisoning candy necklaces. They're not doing a good job with the bottles filled with whatever coming up next dean reuter has written a book called the hidden nazi the untold story of america's deal with the devil if you're interested in a historical story about world war ii that'll blow your mind that's this one and it's next it's the nazis the nazis 101.5 word next time on powerpoint with jack cram there are a few words If we could learn to say them and learn to mean them, it would transform relationships at the office, relationships at the campus, relationships in the home. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. We live in a time of self-made truth. We're taught from so early on, it's, it's your truth, it's my truth, it's my reality. But notice, my truth That's the language of separation. That puts barriers between me and you. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And the Bible tells us that it's through Jesus that we reconnect to God and therefore to all of created reality. But maybe you and the Bible aren't exactly on speaking terms right now. Well, my book, God Breathed, is a humble attempt to get that dialogue going again. We'll explore the barriers between us and the Bible, philosophical, historical, cultural. We'll own up to those honestly. We'll think together about how to get through those barriers so that you can be free to connect through God's word to God, to others, to the natural world, and to yourself. Maybe for the very first time. God Breathed by Rod Etheridge. Available at Crown and Covenant Publications at crownandcovenant.com. At the original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best that it can be. That's why every original Mattress Factory employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. 
Since 1775, wherever the mission takes us, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on Earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps, touch the western wall, sail on the Sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes, the list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-Day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join other Word FM listeners on the Stand with Israel Tour by going to wordfm.com slash Israel. Dean Reuter is General Counsel, Vice President, and Director of the Practice Groups of the Federalist Society for Law and Public Policy. He has overseen criminal investigations for two federal offices of the Inspector General and was the editor of Liberty's Nemesis, the unchecked expansion of the state and a really terrific compilation, Confronting Terror, 9-11, and the Future of American National Security. Dean, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Dean. Dean, uh, this past summer, uh, the United States of America just went through a celebration of 50 years of man on the moon. And, of course, a, a major portion of that story was Werner von Braun, the former Nazi, and his team of scientists who were brought to the United States from Nazi Germany at the conclusion of World War II. It truly is a fascinating story, which helped us achieve our space potential. But as you write in um, The Hidden Nazi, we have never heard the story of Hans Kammler. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Is that right? Yes, Hans Kammler is exactly right. Hans Kammler. So why is it that we know all this story of Werner von Braun? He was such value to us post-World War II. And Hans Kammler, one of the architects of the Nazi killing machine, has been hidden away all these many years. Well, it's a complicated answer, but I'll give you the shorthand version of that. And it's a, it's a great backstory, as you mentioned, told in the book, The Hidden Nazi. Uh, it's primarily because at the end of the war, Hans Kammler, who ruled all of Germany's secret weapons by the end of the war, including its rocket team, including Werner von Braun, uh, at the end of the war, he supposedly committed suicide. Uh, so despite his war crimes, uh, nobody pursued him. Nobody, uh, none of the Nazi hunters pursued him, and history has forgotten him. Uh, in doing our research, which was extensive, we contacted the U.S. Department of Justice Office of Special Investigations there, our Nazi hunting team here in the United States. Uh, we contacted the Mossad. Uh, we contacted the Wiesenthal Center. And nobody uh, pursued Kamler because, uh, as, as with conventional history, they believed him dead. He was adjudicated dead by a court at the request of his wife. So uh, he's gone unexamined by history and uh, escaped justice as well. But Hans Kammler, even though he was declared dead, there was no body ever found? Yeah, and that's a fascinating part of this story. By the end of the war, he's, in, he's what's called in Germany an Obergruppenführer, which is the highest commissioned rank in the SS, the dreaded Schiffstoffel, 
the inner core of the Nazi regime, the, the most hard, hard-nosed ideologues. He, he was of the highest commissioned rank, uh, equivalent in rank to George Patton. Everybody knows George mm-hmm. Patton, to give you some point of reference. Uh, he commits suicide, allegedly, in Prague, near Prague, uh, at the end of the war. Nobody returned his sidearm or his identity bisque, which is their version of the dog tags, or his papers, which were required practices uh, at that time in the war. Uh, there's never been a body found, and post-war searches for his gravesite uh, have turned up empty. Uh, so this aroused the suspicion of lots of people, including my researchers. And, of course, that's like losing General Patton in the field. It's just unthinkable uh, that, that you'd lose his, his body. Okay, so you wouldn't. No, you would not. Right. You would not. Right. The bottom line is you wouldn't. And so you have to ask the question, so if there weren't papers and if they, if we know that, especially with the documentation of the Nazi war machine, I mean, they documented everything, right? Yes. Um, even, you know, to the point of things that, that no one wishes that we would know, we now know. So if we don't have those papers, then you had to ask yourself, why not? And so you've discovered what? Well, we discovered that he didn't die at the end of the war. Uh, his suicide was faked in what we call in the book, the hidden Nazi, we call it the Kamler deal. Uh, it was a, a deal made in advance for Kamler to turn over to the United States a lot of technology uh, that you've already mentioned in your opening was uh, key to uh, the Americans getting to the moon before the Soviets. It was also important to get that technology for our ICBM and actually win the Cold War. So uh, even beyond getting to the moon first, uh, it was it was important in winning the arms race. I see. So do you, let, let's go back then. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of Hans Kamler's life. I mean, of course, we in America have very short memories for a lot of people born today, right? Uh, The Nazis is uh, something of an idle curiosity. But can you tell us uh, the story of Hans Kammler and how he came into power as part of the Third Reich? Sure. Um, I'll start at the beginning. He was born in 1901 in what is now Poland, and he became a man during the end of World War One. That was a war, uh, your listeners might know, uh, Germany lost suddenly and embarrassingly. Uh, Kamler was an, uh, an anti-communist. Uh, he was stunned by the idea that Germany could lose this war after never, never having found, never having fought on its own territory, just suddenly capitulated. Uh, then Germany went through this period of struggle. Uh, economically. Uh, it was a terrible place to be, a terrible place to, to grow up. But during this period, he uh, becomes an architect and an engineer. Uh, by the time he's 29, we find that he's uh, married and begins having children. He joins the Nazi party before Hitler becomes chancellor of Germany. He joins the SS, which I mentioned, the Schutzstaffel, before Hitler became president of Germany. So he's, he's, an, he's an ideologue. He's not just a follower. He's a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as an architect and an engineer, his first projects leading up through the early years of the war were sort of unobjectionable civil engineering projects, buildings and roadways, uh, test tracks for automobiles, things like that. But he was in charge, and he did so well uh, creating efficiencies and distinguishing himself that when it came time to um, implement the Holocaust, uh, the Nazi leadership turned to him because – he was efficient. He was good at what he did, but he was also this ardent ideologue. So he had this golden ticket, um, and it was Hans Kammler then who uh, 
design first of all he identified Auschwitz as the, the site for the big Nazi concentration camp that was his first sort of dastardly deed and then uh, he was on the ground expanding that camp doubling it and then redoubling it in size uh, making it uh, big enough for 250,000 prisoners uh, he went on to design what became the standard uh, concentration camp barracks in in Germany and throughout the Reich. Uh, and we have uh, pictures of this and uh, you know, his his signature in the bottom right hand corner of these architectural drawings of of the concentration camps, um, the barracks. Uh, and it's a fascinating detail. There was a f- number 550 written on this document, which is the number of occupants in a, in a barracks, already way too many, and stricken through in hand uh, uh, and overwritten is the number 774. Wow. So just yeah, just like that, they, they increased the misery in, the, in those buildings. I see. Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. It's a question that every high school junior and senior dreads to hear. So, what do you want to do with your life? And different students respond to it different ways. So you'll have some students that are going to apply to 10 different schools, right? And then you're going to have another kid that's going to go to one school, and it's going to steal their heart, and they're going to say, forget the other, and I just want to apply there. But you want to do due diligence. You do want to do due diligence, but there is something about... The heart connection that some students get. I remember the first time my daughter went to Grove City College, she'd already visited two schools, but she went to that one. I'm telling you, she was there for three hours. She came home and she said, I already decided that's where I want to go. Now, it's not going to be that way for everybody, but a lot of students are going to get to a place and think, this is the one for me. And the same thing happened in our family. One visit, it fit right, and he was off to the races. So whether you're going to go the 10 school route or you're going to go the one school route that steals your heart, the point is, make one of those trips to Grove City College. Without a doubt. You know, in this world today, it is hard, chaotic. We are navigating things in the culture that are beyond our generation. So you want to make sure that your son or daughter is embedded in a great place, surrounded by wonderful people who have a strong Christian worldview, and use that worldview Uh, in a way that is deeply intellectual. That's why we say Grove City College, online, gcc.edu. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. 
Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Cloudy and mild tonight with rain at times, the low 58. For tomorrow, periods of rain, some heavy and a thunderstorm. Those storms could produce some flash flooding and damaging winds, high 66. While rain and drizzle ending early tomorrow night, very windy and much colder. The winds could gust past 50 miles an hour and be locally damaging. Low tomorrow night, 35. Clouds will break for some sun Friday, windy and chilly, 45 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Danielle Niddle. Is with us, the hidden Nazi, the untold story of America's deal with the devil. So, Dean, with that, I mean, the architect uh, through nuts and bolts, through wood and steel, is Hans Kammler. But what, what there's always a lot of talk today about young men who have become radicalized, and of course, they look to the internet. But but what about someone like Hans Kammler? That radicalization, that hatred of Jews, was there a, a root in that that you can trace back to? Well, he was certainly among the radicalized. Um, I mentioned he was an early uh, member of the Nazi Party and the SS. Uh, so there's a great distinction that should be made in people's minds between regular German army and Kriegsmarine and, and the Navy uh, and those sort of line soldiers and then the ideologues. He was among the ideologues. It, it, I think it was born of his anti-communism and his frustration with what happened uh, in Germany. And then he found in... Uh, Hitler's radicalism and his anti-Semitism, his national socialism, he found what he thought was an answer, uh, a cure to the malaise um, and the bad times that hit Germany. And, of course, Hitler experienced unbelievable success. And, you know, at the high point, the high watermark uh, for the Third Reich, they, they had vastly more territory conquered than they ever did in World War One. So uh, all signs from inside the regime were positive. Uh, Dean, I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that we have incredibly detailed records of the concentration camps, about who was there, how long they were there, the kinds of things that they were subjected to, um, what kind of work they did, what kind of torture they endured, uh, the death they died. And, you know, whether you're talking about Ellie Wiesel's account or you're talking about Corey Ten Boom's account amongst, you know, countless others, uh, memoirs that have been written, this is the man who engineered the daily misery that they were subjected to. And you're saying that this man, after the war, ends up in American custody. He does. He does. And, and his, his suicide is faked. I mean, and after he went on to design the concentration camps, then he went on to design the gas chambers and the crematoria, the ovens. Uh, then he ruled over German slave labor trade. And he wasn't doing this from a bureaucratic distance. He was a hands-on manager. His his nickname was Staubvolk, which means dust cloud in Germany, which described his frantic pace moving from one site to another to another, making it perfectly clear everything had to be just so. His subordinates feared being shot by him uh, if they didn't perform well enough. Um, so he was he was described by his colleagues as the worst of the worst. And this is colleagues who were themselves in a murderous regime. Wow. I mean, even within that regime, this guy's the bad guy. Um, um, and then he's involved in administering Germany's slave labor trade, which uh, you know, you just, uh, John just alluded to, the idea that the healthiest of the prisoners were then worked to death to support the Nazi war economy. 
Um, and you're right, though. He did, uh, to get back to your original question, as we answer in The Hidden Nazi, uh, he faked his own suicide and got away with it, walked away. I see. So then what value, what ultimate value was he to the United States? That's a great question. Um, he uh, did so well in his jobs and his tasks at the uh, uh, during the Holocaust that he rose to this super high rank within the Nazi regime. He was Himmler's right-hand man, uh, and Himmler had this, Himmler, the head of the SS, had this habit of reaching out and grabbing successful projects of the Nazi regime. And he did, the, he did this with the V-2 rocket uh, and all of Germany's secret weapons. He became the leader of those, and he handed that off to Hans Kammler. I don't know if your listeners have heard about the vengeance weapons. These are the, the V-1 and the V-2 rockets. Um, uh, the, the V-1 was revolutionary. It was the buzz bomb. It would go 400 miles an hour for 150 miles and deliver a devastating amount of explosives, raining down terror on the citizens of London and Southampton. But the V-2 was the truly exotic, so supersonic, liquid-fueled rocket that the Western Allies thought couldn't be built. They thought theoretically it just it's not possible to build a liquid-fueled rocket. The Germans managed to do it because they were working on it during the off-wars, uh, off-war years, rather. Uh, and Kamler got his hands uh, on the control of this. By the end of the war, he's not in charge just of the research, but the development, meaning the production. And he's on the battlefield leading the launching of these missiles. And I looked everywhere for somebody that had that much authority over a weapon system. Um, no, no, no sign of the war, no individual in any war, because I find it had sort of cradled a grave command over a weapon system. And that was just one small sliver of what Kamler was doing. Wow. But that V-2 is what became our ICBM and our moonshot. And he was the only person that was uh, in a position to deliver that technology okay, to but the did United he, States. But he wasn't, the, he wasn't a scientist. I know he was no. an engineer, but he wasn't a scientist who developed it. He just Correct. understood the mechanism? And the advocate. He, he understood the mechanism, and he, ha he had control over the rocket team. There, were, uh, there was a research center in northern Germany, about 5,000 rocket scientists and engineers, supported by slave laborers that existed in the early years of the war. Uh, when the Soviets were advancing on that site, it was Hans Kambler who moved them to central Germany in an underground facility that he had built with slaves at a, at a cost of 30,000 slaves' lives. And then when that was going to end up in Russian hands, he moved them again, delivering this rocket team uh, to the United States Army, right in the path of the advancing United States Army. So it was those you know, several hundred people who ended up in the United States uh, who Hans Kambler delivered. Those were the rocket teams. Those were the scientists, mm -hmm. the rocket scientists. I see. Take a break. Be right back. It's John and Kathy on 101.5. WORD. 101.5 This week on Truth For Life, we're coming to the end of the pastor's study and beginning a new series called Shaped by Grace. It's an in-depth look at Romans 12 and how the gospel transforms our lives. Listen all this week to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. 
at extremetruck.net. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. Voted best in Pittsburgh for joint regenerative medicine. To see if ABT is right for you, talk to a doctor 24-7 at 412-851-3811. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. Call 412-851-3811 now. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. I take a bit of a risk singing that song, but of course the one place I never take chances is the road, where Progressive Snapshot rewards your safe driving. A good driver plus snapshot equals big discounts. And speaking of math, one plus one equals two, little too late. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Do you enjoy helping others? Consider a career at Accessibility's Home and Community Services. As a leading provider of in-home care for people with disabilities since 1954, Accessibilities is dedicated to quality care. Flexible schedules, 100% employer-paid health premiums, competitive dental and vision plans, and paid time off are just a few reasons to consider Accessibilities. Visit accessibilities.org or call 724-832-8272 today. Accessibilities is an equal opportunity employer. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Dean Word is with us. He is the author of a new work called The Hidden Nazi the untold story of America's deal with the devil. Uh, Dean, in The Hidden Nazi, you write that the Nazis were actually developing a rocket during the war that could, at some point, hit the United States of America. Can you tell us about that? Yes, this was stunning to me. I mean, some of this information I knew, but some of it is just stunning to me that from the very beginning of the war, uh, Werner von Braun, who, the rocket scientist you mentioned, who became a, an American hero, from the first days of the war, he was working on a rocket that was designed to leave, uh, be launched from Europe and hit the eastern seaboard of the United States, called, interestingly enough, the America rocket. Um, and when you couple that idea with the fact that Germany was working on and had, they already had chemical weapons, they had biological weapons, and they were working on nuclear weapons, they could have built a dirty bomb at least. Uh, we, we have a whole section of the Hidden Nazi, the book, that describes their nuclear research as having gone further than anybody really thinks. Uh, but they had a delivery system near completion uh, to, to, to rain down uh, nuclear, uh, chemical, and biological weapons on America's eastern seaboard. Now, Russia also suspected, well, they knew that there was an advanced program there. I don't know how, do you know how detailed their knowledge was of what von Braun and Kamala were working on? 
so they certainly knew about the V2 because the, and the V1. The V1 and the V2 were, had been developed. They were deployed uh, at the end of the war. We got a lot of uh, missiles uh, intact in that were captured and became models, uh, you know, reverse engineered in the United States. The Russians got some of those. We gave two of them to the Brits. We were very stingy. We got a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what's interesting about if you're talking about their nuclear research. We came to, we the Americans came to a conclusion that the Nazis didn't make a lot of advances in nuclear research on what I think is some faulty information. Part of which is the fact that our teams that looked at their research sites went only into territory that ultimately was controlled by the United States. Mm. So our teams never went into Czechoslovakia, all the Eastern European countries, all the countries that ended up behind uh, the Iron Curtain. We never looked there for nuclear research. Um, and uh, we develop in The Hidden Nazi, uh, the book, a very strong argument that there was secret research going on near Prague under Hans Kammler's special think tank uh, and that it was nuclear. Hmm. Dean Reuter is with us. We're talking about The Hidden Nazi, his newest work, The Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil. Talk about let's stick with Russia for a minute. Um, so after von Braun was in American custody, talk about how Russia found that out and what they decided to do. So um, that's 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 a great question and a great uh, story. I found it doing the hidden Nazi. There are so many different threads to this story and so many stories within the story. Uh, one, when I was questioning the value of the V two, it's like is it was the V two so uh, such a great advance that we would have done anything to get it, including erase this man's past. Um, evidence of that I found in documents that our researchers uncovered uh, after we got. Uh, von Braun, after he surrendered to the U.S. Army in Bavaria, the Russians found out because they were after him, too. There was this mad scramble for this technology and for these scientists. They knew we had him. The war's over. He's safely in our custody, along with about 200 other rocket scientists. And the Germans sent a plane, o- I mean, sorry, the Russians uh, sent a plane over with paratroopers in a military attack and tried to kidnap von Braun. They, they attacked our forces who held von Braun um, in what would have become an international incident. I mean, it was an extraordinary thing. I'd never heard of uh, allies attacking each other to get the booty at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, Dean, here we are. We're in a race against time, so to speak, is the, the uh, greatest generation is dying away at a very rapid pace. There are most of them in their 90s now. But you somehow had the great good fortune through your doggedness to sit down and speak with Hans Kammler's son on his deathbed. Please tell us that story. Yeah, that's an extraordinary part, I think, of, of the hidden Nazi, to have access to him. He uh, lives in, uh, lived, he's passed away since, uh, in northern Germany. I was there doing research. I had been in touch with Jörg Kammler, is his name, the son of Hans Kammler. I'd been in touch with him by email. He was sort of standoffish, never agreed to meet with me, but I decided since I was only two hours away by train, I would just show up at his house, which is what I did. Uh, and and it's, it's an extraordinarily eerie sort of thing to face uh, a child of one of the most evil men produced mm-hmm. uh, by history uh, and to discuss his father and his father's legacy. Um, and I tell you, that family was uh, riven with this and conflicted with this. He right. knew his fa- he knew his father was a bad man. He explained to me that he knew his father was, in his words, in it up to his eyeballs. Wow. So wait, Dean. Uh, so you you yeah. showed up unannounced. You knocked yeah. on this man's door. Yeah. Really. Yeah, his and- wife. 
his wife answered and initially she said she'd let me in and then she said she wouldn't and then you know I pleaded and finally she let me in and she it's very clear to me she was sort of a gatekeeper and she kept trying to interrupt the interview uh, and bring it to an end and I was it's not my nature to be very persistent or <laughs> uh, but 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 I was in this instance yes. uh, and and it worked out uh, and I'm really glad I got him on record because okay. there were some extraordinary now hold on were, were you doing uh, this interview in German no, no, he spoke English. Okay. Um, I happened to, I mean, my, my father was a U.S. Army officer stationed in Germany when I was born. So I'm born in Germany mm. uh, and I spoke German as a child, but not no longer. So this was done completely in English. I see. Okay. So what did you take away? What nuggets as you're having this conversation? And how old, and how old of a man was he at this point, the son? He was born in 1940, okay. Uh, okay. so you can get a sense of his age. Um, you know, the, the nugget, I guess, a couple of heart-wrenching things. One, this family, he was looking to me for information. It was his own mother really? who had his, fa- had his father adjudicated dead after the war, and she was consequently able to get a benefit for her children. Um, but they never believed that he was dead. They were always searching for more information that he had lived on. And of course, if you believe that as a child, you have to think that your father abandoned you. Um, so it was a, just a terrible way, I think, to, to grow up. I also was struck by the fact that there were five children in this Kemmler family. Two of the daughters died early. One of them, in just a, an unbelievably ironic way, a heart-wrenching way, she was in the care of a nurse as an infant, just days old. The nurse left a bottle of chloroform open near the child, oh and the child, the child died from inhalation of gas. Oh, my, um, oh my gosh. And, and despite that, I, I just wondered, what does that do to Hans Kammler, the father? I, I never saw empathy in him for the men and women and children that died in the gas chambers that he uh, constructed. Oh my. Okay, so you're saying that the wife wasn't in on it? No. No, the wife, I think wife was an ardent Nazi. She belonged to several Nazi organizations before they got married. But I believe that she believed he had died at the end okay, of the war. Okay, so he wasn't, she wasn't in on the plan of faking his death. I see. Okay. So then you're having a conversation. He's never really known his father, of course, as an old man right. now. Uh, and so he's asking you for information, you in turn asking him for information. Was there a sense of empathy and or compassion between you two? Well, I mean, I think he appreciated my drive to get information and get answers as a historian, as as a scholar, or as an author. I certainly had empathy for him because, I mean, uh, no one deserves the treatment that Hans Kammler gave to, to the victims of the Holocaust. But it's also, I mean, you have one life on this earth, and you're born the child of, of a Nazi, uh, and then you're left with this complicated um life of did my father kill himself did he abandon the family one way or the other his mother lived until 1996 with him and you know she never remarried and so it's quite possible you can imagine he was five years old when his father quote-unquote died she couldn't have told him then even if she knew that he lived uh, so she'd have to pretend to be looking for him. Uh, and it, there might have been no chance after that for her to tell her children the truth, even if she knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just very uh, unwieldy and complicated uh, life. And I do I do have a lot of empathy for all the children of, of the Nazis. They're, they're innocent. Sure. 
Sure. Our time's running short, Dean. So let's fast forward to the end of the war and what we know. So you say that you found U.S. documents that show us that Hans Kammler was in U.S. custody despite his unbelievable collection of war crimes. He's in U.S. custody. Then what? Then we have him. We interrogate him. The war ends in, in, in May and June of 1945. Uh, we, we took him to northern Austria, where we questioned him about missing money. We took him to central Germany, that site that I mentioned where the rocket team was in between things, because there were some scientists there that we were trying to identify and get our hands on. Uh, we took him to Nuremberg, we think, on the eve of the Nuremberg trial, the biggest uh, war crimes trial. And, you know, if, if he's there and not being tried, he's, uh, of course, cooperating uh, as a witness. I see. Um, and we had him in custody for at least 11 months. The last thing in the file is an extradition request from Great Britain asking that Candler be uh, extradited to, to, to Great Britain. He had rained down these rockets on London, personally launching them. So they wanted him. There's a note in the file saying we don't oppose his uh, extradition. And then he really does vanish. The wow. paper trail just runs out. So yeah. we don't know whether he ended up in Britain or he or just disappeared into the ether? I'm tempted to say you got to buy the book to get that. Book. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So leave, it, leave it at that. That's fair. But, Dean, but overall, clearly what you're saying is in some way he escaped justice. So was the United States right in allowing him to live? So that's an excellent question. And, you know, I, I struggled with that for a long time. And I got to myself to a point where I was very reluctant to second guess the, the men on the ground there. Who would, There were a lot of folks who were in charge of finding Nazi war criminals. And there were lots of people who were in charge of finding technology. And the technology people got to him first and made a deal with him. And, you know, I do think the, the geopolitical landscape worldwide would look vastly different today if we didn't have the rocket technology. Mm -hmm. no it doubt. was that advanced and it was that important to winning the Cold War. Uh, so it's tough to second guess that. Well, if you want to hear the end of the story, you have to read The Hidden Nazi, The Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil. We've been talking to author Dean Reuter, General Counsel, Vice President and Director of the Practice Groups at the Federalist Society for Law and Public Policy. Dean, it Excellent. is a terrific story. Fascinating. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Our pleasure. Thank you, Dean. We'll be right back. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Indeed, used by over three. 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how 
at trinityjewelers.com. Breaking news to share. Hi, it's Michael with Bible League International, and in recent days we've learned that the largest evangelical church in Algeria has been shut down by force by the military. In China, one of the largest evangelical churches outside of Beijing toppled. No reason given, no advance notice. And in India, on the eve of the 50th anniversary of a church's celebration there, the government toppled that church. No advance notice. Again, no reason given. They had a big celebration plan. And that's how the Hinduistic nationalist government looks at Christianity. There's no room for it there. And many of these Christians cannot access the Bible. And as I travel the world and I meet Christians who are persecuted and do not have a Bible, they never ask for an end to the persecution. They're praying for perseverance and endurance. And that's why Bible League and Word FM have partnered to send Bibles to nearly 5,000 Christians. Hey, we're getting there, but still far from our goal. $5 sends a Bible. How many can you send by calling 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Yes Word, or give it wordfm.com. Do you enjoy helping others? Consider a career at Accessibilities Home and Community Services. As a leading provider of in-home care for people with disabilities since 1954, Accessibilities is dedicated to quality care. Flexible schedules, 100% employer-paid health premiums, competitive dental and vision plans, and paid time off are just a few reasons to consider Accessibilities. Visit accessibilities.org or call 724-832-8272 today. Accessibilities is an equal opportunity employer. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. In partnership with Meals of Hope and the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, Amen to Action will once again host thousands of volunteers at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center this Black Friday for the third consecutive year. Now, the goal is to exceed the past two years and pack well over a million meals for Pittsburgh's hungry and less fortunate. The same event last year surpassed the million meal mark at over a million thirty-six thousand. Here to talk to us about Amen to Action and what's going to happen soon is Reed Carpenter. Hey, Reed, how are you, friend? Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having us. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Terrific, Reed. Uh, tell us, especially for our listeners who haven't heard about it before, what is Amen to Action? Amen to Action is a gathering of the faith community in Pittsburgh that uh, came out of a concern that we figure out how to celebrate the 500th year anniversary of the Reformation on a basis on the basis of a new paradigm of reconciliation rather than separation. And so a group of us began to meet and pray through what might occur. And out of that conversation that Bishop Zubik hosted in his uh, uh, home, uh, we came up with the idea of what now is Amen to Action. So Amen to Action is a gathering across denominational, racial, gender, and so forth lines to come together to love each other in the spirit of unity and work together for the sake of those who are in need. 
Wonderful. Now, Rita, I've been to Amanda Action, Amen to Action. It is a fabulous event. The day after Thanksgiving this year on Black Friday, of course, a lot of people are out running around shopping and whatnot, but people gather at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. And as you said, people of all different faiths are gathering, people who want to praise, people who want to do good here in Western Pennsylvania. Describe for us today what it looks like. What happens exactly? What's going to happen is that we're hoping to get, you know, between three and 4,000 people, and they will show up in and around 845, doors open at 9 o'clock, and they will be uh, led to their tables of service. And uh, that is all being done, in um, orchestrated by Meals of Hope. And then as, as we organize around those tables, uh, they will begin to pack the meals because everything will be in order. Everything will be there at the table for them to do that assembly line fashion. We will interrupt about 930 and have a brief worship service right in the same location. And that will uh, occur for about a half hour and we'll, presume, we'll resume packing at approximately 10 o'clock. And at 12 o'clock, we will call forth uh, the uh, uh, people from the Community Food Bank who will tell us how these meals are going to be distributed and to whom and where. And we will end our time with a robust uh, uh, Thanksgiving celebration and uh, a benediction. We're talking to Reed Carpenter. The event is Amen to Action. It's coming up on Black Friday. That's the day after Thanksgiving this year. And if you've got your day packed in with shopping and whatever it is, maybe you're eating leftover turkey, save some time. Starting uh, Doors open at 845, starting at 9 a.m. Find some time in your day so that you can serve the needy right here in Pittsburgh. All right, Reed, uh, last year, apparently, as uh, John said, you guys surpassed the million meal mark, 1,036,000 meals. Um, that is a tremendous amount. Tell me who's the recipient of the meals and how this all, what are the mechanics of how this works? Well, the mechanics are that uh, Meals of Hope, which is an organization here in South Florida, is doing all the logistics of the meal packing itself. Once the boxes are packed, what automatically happens is they are they are taken to the uh, Pittsburgh Community Food Bank for distribution to their network of pantries in southwest Pennsylvania. Okay. They have asked us this year to uh, provide two different kinds of meals, and they will distribute them accordingly. I'm into action. Black Friday this year. Uh, Reed, you said... Everybody who's listening right now is invited, family, friends, small groups, church members. If people want to sign up, what do they do? They go, they visit Amen to Action uh, website, and uh, they, will be no, they will be taken to the place where they sign up. And we please ask people to do that pretty quickly because uh, by God's grace, We've already got, you know, well, well over a thousand people signed up wow. with three weeks, four weeks to go. So we we need people to to make that connection. Wow, that's terrific. So with a thousand people already signed up, we want to get in on this. So if you're interested in Amen to Action, it's a terrific thing to do the day after Thanksgiving. 
put aside some time to serve uh, Pittsburgh's uh, needy. And this is if you've got your day packed out, this is something this is a choice that you can make to step in and um, and make a difference. So, Reed, what's the website that people can go to so that they can sign up? Amen to action dot org. Okay. Amen to action. Is the event free? Yes, it is. Okay. And can people, what if someone doesn't sign up? Can they still show up on Black Friday or do you have to register ahead of time? Well, I'm going to say you have to register ahead of time. But if you show up, you can call me a liar. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Make this your holiday tradition. The third annual Amen to Action once again this year. David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 845. You worship. You do good works. You help people who need a helping hand. It happens once again at Amen to Action. And what about social media? Uh, Is there information on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram about Amen to Action, Reed? Yes, all over the place. So okay. that I'm not a techie. I'm not a techie, but I can assure you it is. Okay. Fabulous. Great. Hey, Reed, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your advocacy, your great heart for Christ, and all the work you do here in Western Pennsylvania. Just really love you so much, Reed. Thanks again. Thank you, John. Thank you for coming. And we invite families, especially grandmothers and little kids, to all come together. Fabulous. Amen to action. Once again, this Black Friday, doors open at 845 David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Amen to action.org to sign up. Go and have a great time and help those who are less fortunate this day after Thanksgiving. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.